It's an NFL day. New York Jets, New York Giants, two losses. What else do you expect? The Jets holding Sam Darnold back and Eli Manning taking all the blame. Sabo Radio, right now. Tisaw for the Devils, plays it cross ice into the far corner. Matteau swoops in to intercept. Matteau behind the net, swings it in front. He scores! Matteau! 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 Defend Matteau! And the Rangers have one more hill to climb, baby! But it's Moot Vancouver! The Rangers are headed to the Sable Radio, back again. Monday, October 29th, 2018. Not from the studios of WFAN, obviously. Today we'll talk NFL. Uh, weekend full of NFL. Week 8, Jets drop another. three to five, Go to 3-5. and five. Giants, of course, drop another. 1-7. and seven. I mean, listen, what can you expect at this point moving forward uh you know giants are in complete rebuild mode with uh eli apple and snacks gone um all that's left is uh folks battling over eli manning and whether he's just got off or not uh on the jets side the development of sam darnold will be the will the key issue the rest of the way at 3-5, and five, I don't think anyone expects a magic turnaround here. They had their shot when they were 3-3. Three and three. Two straight home wins. Unfortunately, they couldn't capitalize with that third straight home win against Minnesota. I was there in the building that day. And, you know, Minnesota lost by two possessions to New Orleans uh, last night, actually, on Sunday Night Football. Jets had their shot. They could have taken out Minnesota, got to 4-3. and three. It's not like the Chicago Bears are world beaters here. They came into the game 500. Are they a surprise this season? Of course. But, you know, they're not the 85 Bears. They're not the no-name defense of the Miami Dolphins. We, we kind of, as Jets fans and Jets onlookers, we've kind of accepted this idea that, okay, it's going to take a long time to get this thing turned around, and okay. It's not the same old Jets, and it's okay that they're losing. It's okay that because it's going towards something good. It's going towards something grand. It's, you know, it's the rebuild. They're finally rebuilding. This is all nonsense. I don't know how Woody Johnson and ownership pulled the hood over all of our eyes in this situation, 
But this NFL is not a three-year, four-year rebuilding league. You bounce back after one season, one good draft, and you're right back in the, in the thick of things. Uh, at the, excuse me. At the same time, the quarterback situation, it doesn't take years on end to develop quarterbacks. And this is what's uh, very disturbing right now when looking at Sam Darnold. In Chicago, Darnold threw the ball 29 times, I believe. The Jets rushed the ball 24 times. Now, it was a one-possession game for most of the game, but this is conservatism beyond point of just maddening proportions. This is why Todd Bowles and the offense he loves to see run on his team belongs in the 1980s. It doesn't belong in today's game. Darnold threw 29 times. They rushed for 24 times. This is this ratio is great as long as the efficiency is there. The efficiency was not there. The Jets' yard per carry on the afternoon was 2.4. What does this mean? They gained 48, well, more than, say it was 2. They would have gained 48 yards on 24 carries. I forget what the number of yards were they gained, but that gives you an idea. Continually running just for the sake of running and gaining no yards, while while the intention is to pick up a couple yards and put Darnold and put the rookie quarterback in better third and manageable situations, well, that's the theory. It, it feels good thinking about that as a theory. You're actually making it harder on your rookie quarterback if you're continually running the ball and not getting any results. Instead of third and manageable, you run first, run second, then you have third and long. Or, instead of wiping away that theory, you should let Donald throw on first down. Let him take a shot against single high on first down, or second down. The Jets ran 10 first, plays, uh, first down plays and 10 second down plays in the first half against Chicago. Six of the 10 on first down were runs. Six of the 10 on second down were runs. That Again, that's great if you're running the ball effectively. But for a 2.4 yards per carry, that doesn't work. And again, you don't have to run the ball to win in this league anymore. You just don't. Doing it and force-feeding it is only to the detriment of the rookie quarterback. I'm sorry. There's no way around it. This is not 1986 anymore. This is 2018. Teams win Super Bowls without running the ball at all. You could, you could put an effective three-step drop, uh, quick passing system in there that could effectively take the place of the rushing attack. Todd Bowles just doesn't get it. And this is why we don't see John Morton anymore. John Morton came in last year, said the hell with it. We're going to take what the defense gives us. We're going to throw nine routes to Robbie Anderson if the defense is playing over-aggressive. And, and that's what they did. Josh McCown had a great season. This year... The Jets, with Jeremy Bates, have run the ball. They rank 11th in the NFL in rush attempts per game. They rank 21st in the NFL in yards per carry at 4.1. If, if you rank 21st in the NFL in rush efficiency, because that's, that's the main number, yards per carry, 4.1, that's where it all boils down to. You should not rank 11th in rushing attempts per game. 
that is simply giving away plays. That is simply making it harder for your offense and for your rookie quarterback. In this new NFL, you throw the ball to score points and you run the ball to win. You throw the ball early to score points and you run the ball late to secure the victory. And Todd Bowles just doesn't understand this. He can't wrap his head around this new game in which scoring points comes as easy as, I don't know, waking up on time. It's ridiculous. You could score points. You could accidentally score points with the way the, the rules are run. And yet Bowles plays everything so close to the chest and so conservative that every week is a bounce of a ball here or there. If you notice, the Jets only win when they rush the ball well. They never fail to rush the ball enough. They always rush the ball enough. With Morton last year, they sometimes didn't rush the ball enough for Todd Bowles' liking, not for new era NFL liking. But for Todd Bowles' liking, they didn't rush the ball enough, hence why he's gone and Bates is in. They always rush the ball enough, they don't run it effectively, and it hurts the offense altogether. Darnold ranks 25th in the NFL in pass attempts per game. 25th. This is not a team that has been leading games all season long. This is a 3-5 team. How is the man 25th in the NFL in pass attempts per game when this is the Jets in their 3-5? You're not developing the kid to the best of your ability. You're holding him back. I just wanted to check on one thing. Bear with me. Double check the attempts per game on the ground for the Jets. And yes, it is 11th with 27.6 attempts per game. The Seahawks lead 31.7. Rams 31.6. But with the Rams, it's justified. Rams average, yards per carry average is 4.8. I mean, so running over 30 times makes sense. Houston Texans are third. Uh, 30.1 per game, 4.1 average, like the Jets, 4.1, but a lot of their running has to do with Deshaun Watson. There's another extra few attempts per game piled on that the Jets don't really see. Darnold does scramble a little bit, but not compared to Deshaun. So, get an idea here, you really should only run the ball, it's not... It's not the 60s, it's not the 70s, where you can pound the rock and rely on your defense and pound the rock and punt, pound the rock. That message is drilled into Darnold's head so much that I cannot turn the ball over. I cannot screw it up for my team. It really reminds you of Rex Ryan and Sanchez, where he's so gun-shy to do anything that run, run, punt, run, 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 punt, run, run, third and long, fail on the pass, play it safe, punt. It really reminds you that, and you're fearful, if you're a Jets fan, that Bowles and Darnold are experiencing going down that same route. Um, you know, Darnold's numbers on the year, what's he, he's projected to throw for around 3,200 yards with a 1-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. I think, what's he got, 11 touchdowns, 11 picks, or 11 touchdowns, 10 picks. It's, uh, you know, get him to the middle of pack in terms of attempts per game. And I'll be happy. You know, take what the defense gives you. Defenses play a lot of single high against the Jets. They play really aggressively. Let the kid throw early on first and second down and take advantage. 
of those certain mismatches. It's an easy game. Take what the defense gives you. And until Todd Bowles allows Bates and allows Darnold to take what the defense gives them, which means more passing because the defense is playing aggressive and keeping us, keeping the eighth man in the box, they're not going to allow Darnold to flourish properly. It's just not going to happen. And it's very, it's a very scary time for the Jets. And the development and maturation of their quarterback. Uh, Giants time. Eli Manning, again, uh, Jets' final score was 24-10. Giants was 20-13. Eli Manning, once again, is public enemy number one. Folks out there fail to, or intentionally, or just if they don't know football, they don't understand what the odds, the odds that this man is up against. He has nowhere to go. There's nowhere to throw. There's nobody open. Listen, is Eli Manning playing great football? Hell no. This man is playing bad football. This man has a lot to own up to. He is not playing good. His confidence is terrible. He is shaky in the pocket. He's not hanging in the pocket. He's not hanging in the pocket to deliver a football downfield. He has a lot to answer for. And he is—he cannot get off scot-free. At the same time, he is not the root issue of the Giants' problem. He is not. And anyone who understands football just a little bit understands that notion. This offensive line, for the third straight year, second, if we want to be fair, I guess we'll say second, might be the worst, arguably, the worst O-line in NFL history. That's how bad it is. Wheeler on the right side, Solder on the left side. Disaster. Disaster, folks. Now, the issue here is everyone wants to see mobility. Everyone wants to see Eli Manning be mobile. He's not a mobile quarterback. They look at Deshaun Watson, they look at Mahomes, they look at Wentz, they go, oh, look at that, they're mobile. They could get away from the rush. Number one, Elamating is not mobile. The negatives of being mobile are leading to injury, like Wentz, like Watson, and not playing like Eli's played as an Ironman, never missing one game. And that's the positive that people fail to, when they want the mobility, they don't say, okay, we'll take the injuries also with it. They don't think about that part. They just want the mobility. That's number one. Number two, when was the last time mobility won a quarterback a championship? Okay, Aaron Rodgers is mobile, but he is a pocket-first quarterback. Russell Wilson, yeah, he's mobile, and he's probably the best example of a mobile quarterback winning. But again, he can operate and kill you from the pocket without ever having to run. Other guys that are statues, Brady, Flacco, Breeze is a little mobile, but he needs the pocket, and he needs great interior line play because he's a little shorter, so they do a tremendous job of creating lanes. Uh, Drew Breeze, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger's kind of mobile, throws guys off, whatever. You know, he, You understand the point. Mobility has never won a team a Super Bowl. 
the quarterback from the pocket is the solution. So anyone getting on Eli Manning to make up for the deficiencies of the O-line are not solving the problem. It's just sticking a mobile quarterback in there and saying, okay, go get him, is not solving the problem. Fixing the O-line is solving the problem. And I agree, Eli Manning should be out of there. Get him out. He doesn't deserve this treatment. Get him out. Try to trade him to Jacksonville. Who knows if anyone wants him. He has a no-trade clause. Maybe he waves it. Just try. Get him out of there. That would be terrific to see him on a different team, to see what he would do. But that's beside the point. Go ahead. Get him out. Put Loletta in. They're 1-7. There's no point. Eli's not the future. But at the same time, you can understand it's, it's time to bench Eli. But also understand, this is this debacle is not his fault. It's clear as day he can still throw the ball. You look this season, he's actually putting up numbers. You look at the stats, you look at the film, you look at every game, he could still make that long out throw on a dime. He could still make the post throw. He could still throw the ball. So when people say he's done and he's trash and he's garbage, you got to be more specific than that. He could still throw the ball. That's where I'm a little confused. Uh, people say he's slower than he used to be. Well, I mean, yeah, he's older. He's 37. Of course he's slower. But is it really a negative on the game, on his game and the Giants' offense as a whole? No. Eli being a little bit quicker 10 years ago has nothing to do with their problems right now. Their problems are, right now deal with half of the offense, 5 of 11, nearly half of the offense. I'm not stupid. I know 5'11 is not half. Nearly half of the offense, 5 of 11 players on offense coming together as, an, as a deplorable, horrible unit. If you don't have a line, nothing works. It doesn't matter if it's Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas. I don't care who's back there. Down, Don, Don Fouts, uh, Dan Fouts, call him Don freaking A. Dan Fouts, Randall Cunningham, put Randall Cunningham's mobility back there. It doesn't matter. No one's going to succeed behind this O-line. Nobody. Is Eli shaken? Yes. Does he have no confidence? Oh my God, he's got no confidence. Is he staring down the rush at times? Yes. Honestly, it's tough to blame him. It's been that bad. So get him out, but still understand it's not his fault. He's not the root of the issue. He is not a mobile Superman. He's just a two-time winning championship quarterback who's getting trashed by Giants fans. Think about that. Two-time winning quarterback who in 2011, actually it was 2012, NFC Championship game, took abuse hit after hit after hit against the San Francisco 49ers and delivered his team his franchise, the second Super Bowl in his era. And it continues to get trashed today. It's sad. It really is. And for a Jets person like me to witness this, uh, you know, spoiled, rotten Giants fans, can the Jets get, you know, just one? Can they, can they even get to a Super Man, if the Giants, if the Jets actually got to a Super Bowl... Having those two weeks of talk leading up to the get, that would be heaven. What was it? Ted Danson says it on Curb Enthusiasm. It's heaven. It would be heaven. 
That's heaven. I think it was the third episode of this series, by the way. Ted and Mary, go check it out. But the spoiled, rotten, giant fan, and recently it hasn't been that way as the record's 4-20, and 20, I think, in the last 24 games. But to, to bash this man, Eli Manning, when you see him running for his life behind this awful, putrid offensive line, is just the worst kind of fan you could ever, ever be. It's okay to say he lost his step. It's okay to say he's not playing great. But to blame him and, and shoulder the blame on him, you're either just completely lost, trying to stir up controversy, or you don't know a damn thing about football. And it's just that simple. I'm out. Thanks for listening to Elite Sports Radio. Stay Right through the very heart of it. New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep.